All right, Black Box Radio. We're in the rolling report. We have Mr. Corey Lowry. Say hello to the people. Hello, people. How are you all doing? <laughs> Listen, um, let's let the people get acclimated with you. What do you do in the community? So currently I'm working from home. I'm an HR director for an airline trade association. And so I do that as my nine to five every day. And, um, you know, I'm also in a fraternity, Phi Beta Sigma. So I do some various things with them from time to time when I have the time to do it. Okay, so um, when it comes to being um, airline executive, wow. So how has this virus kind of affected that type of movement and what you guys do? Well, funny you should say that. Um, This has really hit the airline industry quite hard because um, airline travel and we move people. So people are infected with this virus. So it's the perfect catalyst to spread it. So airline travel for non-essential things has really been punished by this virus. And with this new stimulus package that's coming out, hopefully it will help the airlines stay afloat because smaller airlines are falling off left and right because of this virus. Wow. I I heard that the package has uh, six months of like... um money for the airline yes yeah, so college they could stay working not working or if they are working they're going to get paid correct so this package will allow the airlines to stay afloat up until september mm-hmm. um you know a lot of things especially that we've been talking to with the airlines and just to give you a i work for the trade association so all of the major carriers you know basically come together as one voice in this particular organization called airlines for america and so we kind of help them caveat through all of this government bureaucracy and things but um yeah, so they, it's going to keep them afloat until September. And then airlines are also thinking of individually of things to kind of, you know, cut costs and things like that. So, for example, some people who have lots of leave, they're letting them take year long sabbaticals and, mm. you know, to cut down on, you know, some of the expenses and stuff like that. And they're looking at routes and travel to see how that they can, you know, pick up where the need is or cut where, you know, unnecessary travel for low, you know, revenue flights. So it's a big hurdle, you know, it's a real, a lot of work to do, but you know, they're really just trying to stay afloat pretty much. Mm. All that has to be coordinated virtually. Yes. So (laughs) this has been a real big test because I'm I'm a human resource manager. So my avenue is people. So, you know, I have normally I'm face to face with people, but um, it's just been really challenging because, you know, of the quarantine restrictions and stuff like that to keep things going. I mean, and people just really have no idea how hard it is to run an airline, how complex it is and how many things work, you know, back and forth. And to see it now where you don't even have that human contact, it's been quite difficult. Something that a regular person would not even think about. You trust me. You just think about getting on the plane, getting your ticket, getting your peanuts and your little <laughs> flat soda. And that's it. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's way more to it than that. Way more to it than that. Oh, my gosh. I was blown away, you know, because I came into this industry from Apple, which is a, another tech company, obviously. And it's just a whole nother world. So you're um, so you've been involved with your sort of career path has been in HR uh, in both capacities or did you come from a different area at Apple? 
Yeah, so HR, and then I also was in sales at Apple. That's actually where I met the host of the show. Um, she can give you a little background on that, so through <laughs> at Apple. So, uh, but yes, HR is my passion, and that's what I've been doing for both organizations. I know that in like right now, it's uh, emergency mode, and you just, like you said, trying to stay afloat, but have any of the conversations about sort of the long-term sort of change in behavior that this um, situation might bring about in terms of the way the travel industry may change if people may shy away from it long term? Well, yes, um, because, you know, airline travel is essential. I mean, it drives trillions of dollars in jobs and revenue to the United States. It's essential. So, you know, right now, a lot of, you know, economists and things like that think that the bounce back is going to be like a V. So drastic drop and then drastic uprising because people are going to say, okay, I can travel again. I can, you know, go to places. I can do all of these things. But in actuality, people are scared to fly because they're worried about catching the virus again because, again, planes aren't as sanitary as one would think. You know, a lot of people bring their wipes and things like that to wipe it down. So there'll still be a little stigma behind it. So they don't think that it's going to jump back up. It's going to increase, but not to the effect that people think. It's going to be more like a U where it still might go down a little bit and then trickle back up to what it was before. But they're not even talking about the finances, you know, mm-hmm. they have money to fly and they right. can't, you know, and move right. around. So it's, it's a lot of factors to in the play with that. A but lot. You, yeah, a lot. You also had a health event and we definitely want to talk about that where you weren't feeling well. Yes. So I suffer from asthma um, and I've had it all my entire life. So a lot of the symptoms for asthma attacks and, you know, just issues with your asthma stem around the factors of being tested for Corona, shortness Mm -hmm. of breath, coughing, wheezing and things of that nature. So it could have just been, you know, asthma episode. So I said, you know what? I'm not sure I have been out, you know, I haven't been covering my face or whatever. I'm real meticulous about keeping my hands clean, but I was like, you know what? I could have caught it while I was at the grocery store, you know, who knows? So I decided to call my physician and they're doing like the televisits where you can speak to your doctor through your phone. And, you know, I was just letting her know what was going on. And because of my underlying factors in previous health conditions with asthma, she said, you know what, I would just feel more comfortable if you went to the doctor to, I mean, to the emergency room to get tested. Mm, So you were tested for COVID-19. I was. So the phone line person, I called them and said, hey, my doctor, well, excuse me, my doctor called ahead and let them know that I was coming. They contacted me and they said, okay, well, we just want to do a double check. What are your symptoms? I went through that and I was like, okay, good. Based off of that, we do want you to come in. So we went to the emergency room hospital and I got out. And right when you walk up to the emergency room, it was encased with plastics and tents and all kinds of stuff. I felt like, I was like, this is like a refugee camp, like something that you would see, you know, somebody in another country, like setting up medical tents and things like that like that. And there was like, you know, all of this, you know, um, like uh, partitions up. So I get out of the car. I tell my spouse to go park because they said that if you're not being tested, 
you know, go wait in the car. And it said that if I test positive for it, likely, you know, my spouse would also test positive because we live together. So they were Mm -hmm. just like, you know, just go park. You know, you're the one who has the underlying factors because he was feeling okay. So anyway, I go in, they asked me to put on a mask immediately. And, um, so I did that and I was just like, well, this mask is kind of small because it was like barely covering up my nostrils and my mouth at the same time. And so she was like, you know, well, that's all we have right now. We don't have, you know, a lot of masks. She says, but this will have to do. So I put on the medium mask and <laughs> I went into this triage area where first there was about the business. Do you have insurance? So I was like, yes, I do. So I pulled out my insurance card, you know, to make sure that they were going to get paid. And, you know, then they put the little band on my hand and then they told me to sit down. Um, A triage nurse came in, went through my symptoms and was saying, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to do two things. We're going to test you for the coronavirus and we're going to see if this doctor wants to do x-rays of your lungs just to make sure because you do have asthma. So she swept away for like 10 minutes, came back with the doctor. He kind of reiterated what she just said. He says, normally we don't do chest x-rays, but because you have asthma, we'll just see. He said, because the virus likes to hide up in the, you know, in the lungs. So he went away. She came back with this little tube. Okay. And it had a little small little brush at the end. So she came over, she says, Hey, we're going to do the um, testing first. Um, this is kind of like something that the hospitals created, you know, like this Johns Hopkins came up with this, you know, the kind of testing method that they're using right now. And she says, and unlike for the flu, she says, well, they normally just swab the outside of your nose, inside of your, you know, nasal cavity. She says, I have to really get into the cavity of the nose, back into the membranes and all that kind of stuff like that. So I was just looking at her like, okay, still not going to be a problem. But when I saw how long the device was for the testing, I was just like, you're not about to stick that all the way in my nose. She says, yeah, it is, unfortunately. So they brought out another nurse to hold my hand. She says, because it's so uncomfortable. She says, you know, we don't want to break the stick. She was just like, you know, just squeeze my hand and let me hold you, you know, just to keep, you know, for you from making a, you know, movement that might, you know, break the the tubing. So mm. they take it and you can see, I would say it's about eight inches and the mark line on the tube to the little stick is about four inches and they stick it all the way into your nose up until that line and they leave it in there for like two minutes and it is excruciating like it is like crazy like your eyes are watering you want to cough but you have to stay completely still and they just leave it in there and then they pull it out which is even more uncomfortable and then you know they put it in the tube and label it and send it off i mean my eyes were watering i was coughing Mm -hmm. when they pulled it out i mean it's just very very uncomfortable so waited there And then the x-ray guy came in. They did my x-ray outside, (laughs) literally in the parking lot with a mobile x-ray machine. And they took it in, they looked at it, and then everything came back negative for the chest x-ray. They told me that my test results for coronavirus would come back within 
40, like, you know, 36 to 48 hours. Mm -hmm. However, it came back quicker than that. It came back in um, about 12 hours because they have this thing called my chart with Johns Hopkins where you can look at your test results online. So that experience was very crazy. But I did notice the guy next to me who was a healthcare professional working in the hospital, um, they were able to do his test results in 45 minutes. They had a rapid test, but they were only doing that for people who were working in the hospital around other patients and stuff like that. So he got his test results immediately. I had to mm -hmm. wait. You know, they told me, a low, you know, 48 hours before I received mine. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. That test is different. Yeah, I mean, I felt like I was waiting on a pregnancy test because that's how nervous they made you feel. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? <laughs> like waiting for that test. Pregnancy tests are pretty quick. <laughs> well, you know, if you want to be 100% accurate, you still got to go to the doctor, you know. Right, but, right, right. You know, you're right, but still, it's just like the anticipation. Like, dang, I'm not even going to find out right now. You know what I mean? I'm just going back home. Because yeah, people are dying, so you're exactly. like, exactly. Yes. I want to know because I got asthma and I know that it's going to be harder for me to beat it if I were to catch it. Mm. So you're so. really doing social distancing and um, self-quarantine. You're staying in. and Yeah, I'm six feet away from the computer right now because I don't know, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I understand. So you, you really being protected. That's, that's yeah, amazing. I'm being protected. Yeah. I'm very happy to hear that you had a negative result, and um, but thanks for um, being so transparent and telling and sharing that with us because never I I didn't know what type of test it was. So. Yeah, so I mean, again, if anybody is going to get that test, that's the only thing that I will prepare them prepare them for is that it is it's very uncomfortable. You know, it's nothing that you won't be able to withstand, but definitely something you like. Okay, wait a minute, like <laughs> this is starting to hurt a little bit, you know, so. Just be prepared wow. for that. Be prepared. Okay. Well, we're at the part of the interview where we have, we call the last will and testament. And that's where you leave a jewel with the community. Um, it might be a talent. It might be something that you want to just lay down. But leave something um, with the community. Talk to the people. Well, my jewel that I'm going to leave is get out and vote, people. OK, um, mm. we see the direction that this country is going in. Voting is your voice to make yourself heard, complete your census, your 2020 census, so that you can make sure that you're getting the right amount of funds in your neighborhoods for bus stops and things of that nature, because it's very important. And then also be mindful of your finances. Please don't go out and spend your stimulus checks on unnecessary things. You know, stock markets are down right now. So this is the perfect time to invest your monies. So just be mindful. Let's start to change this culture of just spend, 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 and start really looking at, you know, how you can, you know, plan for long-term effects and things of that nature. And that's also with your voting and also getting more engaged with the politics of your community at the state and local level. So that's my talent that I'm going to leave with everyone. Mm. Excellent. G? Corey, thank you so much for joining us here at Black Box Radio and for giving us that insight into your work and also to your personal health experience with COVID-19. I think that's a very enlightening story that people will certainly appreciate going forward. Well, thank you guys for having this platform and using it to educate people. It's very, very much needed. Thank you. 
So listeners, if you want to hear more voices in the Rona Report, make sure you go and visit blackboxradio.com. That's B-L-A-K-B-O-X-X-R-A-D-I-O. You can also find Black Box Radio on Instagram and Facebook at Black Box Radio. And you can find us on Twitter at Box Black. That's B-O-X-X-B-L-A-K. Yes, we are in the Rona Report. It is 41520. We had Corey Lowry. Thank you so much, Corey. We really appreciate your story, your transparency, and sharing with the community. Thank you very much for having me. This is Black Box Radio. We out. Peace.